Welcome back to the Stock Market Options Trading Podcast. My name is Eric. And in this episode, I spoke with Angie Gaskill, another independent retail trader, about her approach to options trading and using dark pools. But before we get started, you need to know that everything in this episode and on this podcast is for informational purposes only and that we are not financial advisors. And real quick, it would mean the world to me if you could take 27 seconds and leave a five-star review over on Apple, Spotify, or whatever podcast player you listen to. Leaving a review for the show can really help it out, and it lets me know that you want to hear more content like this. Now, let's talk options and dark pools with Angie Gaskill. All right, Angie, we finally got to uh, talk. I know we've been trying to um, get together and do this for a while, so welcome to the show, and I'm glad you're finally here. Hey, thank you very much. Uh, our schedules, I guess, have been a little crazy, but I'm super happy to be here and that we finally are able to talk. Yeah, I know. I know we've, we've messaged and we're kind of in the same tweet uh, stream. And yeah. um, it just, you know, for the listeners, one of the things I, I really liked about your, your vibe on Twitter was you always kind of kept it positive and sharing good information. I see you you tend to post a lot of macro related stuff, which I'm which I'm into. So I was like, yeah, I need to get her on because I know you posted about some dark pool stuff and it was something I wanted to learn about. And so we're going to get into that in a minute. But just real quick, can you give everyone kind of a little bit of backstory about how you got into trading and you know what, what your sort of trading style is? And uh, we'll start there. So I have been investing for a very long time, um, 15 years. I was you know, in school for business and then you know, kind of just long story. I had my first baby and I wanted to stay home with them. And so I'm like, well, I still need to be fulfilled. Like, what can I do? So then I had a good mentor who taught me how to do the trading. And so that's kind of just something I got into since 2005. And it's kind of been ebbs and flows, you know, as kids go through different um, parts of their lives and how busy you are with them being little and as they get older you know, I've been doing it for a long time and I've had great people along the way that have taught me. And for me right now, my style kind of is what I, you know, the first years you kind of start out investing, you're looking at, oh, I'm going to buy this company and hope it goes up. And then I got into options and I was just hooked once I got into options, selling and buying them. So right now I'm I mean, other than like in my IRA, I'm primarily just trading options, not necessarily shares. So for me, I just developed a system where I am using lots of information to be able to get a specific trade option or whether I'm selling or buying for what I want to do right now. And it's been really helpful for me and it's been really fun. And I've, I've enjoyed, um, talking about it and teaching people because I think with this market that we've had since 2020, you, know, you have a lot of new traders in and a lot of people are just thinking like, I can only buy options. So they'll be like, I think the stock's going up. So I'm just going to buy a call. And there's really just so many parts of it. And when you get into, you know, adding the dark pools to adding the option flow, it's just, it's fun to see it all pulled together. Yeah, for sure. And I think you're right. Um, I, I, when it comes to the last few years, really the bull market, I, I was in a local options meetup before COVID and we still meet, typically it's online now, but we used to meet every month and there would be people show up and we would always talk about option selling and, um, cause I'm, I'm a net option seller, mm -hmm. but 
you know, people would say, well, you just buy calls and you make money. And, and like for the longest time, that was, that was true, right? You could, you could err on the side of, of bullish and, and, and do well. Right. I mean, and people would be like, well, why would you sell that option? You're only making this when you could be, you know, they're seeing what you can do with the buying of options. Yeah, exactly. And, and even in a kind of a bull market, a lot of people still didn't learn that risk management. And so I think it's, you know, actually a good place to start out for people because Mm -hmm. then they can see how fast you really can bring your account with options. It's just not this magical going to, I mean, because even if the stock's going up, if you have the wrong Greeks and IV in the wrong time frame, I mean, you'll lose. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. So what, what time frame do you typically operate on? Are you more of a daily chart? More, uh, I like either the daily or actually the 65 minute. Um, okay. But for um, daily is probably my main one that I use, but for options, I generally am doing like right now between like 45 days to 60 days, even off a daily time frame. And you're doing mostly, uh, you're a net seller or are you buying? um, You know, I'm buying and selling or in doing spreads. And I mean, I, you know, it just depends on what I'm seeing. I I don't, I mean, for me, I love selling just because I like to collect that premium. And Mm. especially on selling puts like right now, I'm like, well, I'd love to have that company at that price. So I can either take in that net little premium. And if I do get the shares and I'm completely okay with it because um, I want to own those shares. Right. So <clears throat> yeah. So I actually do love just, you know, selling puts or, you know, another way that I do on some of my ones that I'm a little on my longer ones, you know, is I'll do, you know, some sell some covered calls on the shares I have just because right. I'd be completely fine selling them there. Right. But uh, my typical ones are kind of in a, like a trading one where I'm like doing, every, you know, something from the 45 to 65. It's, it's generally, um, you know, either buying a call or doing a straddle on it, but or or selling a put or buying a put. Right. So it sounds it sounds like you're you're pretty diverse in your option strategies, because I know, you know, there's sort of a progression, right? One legged spreads. Yes which is, you know, typically the buyers or they're super advanced or I should say advanced experienced will end up selling naked kind of thing. Um, and then yeah. you get to vertical spreads and then you get to the four legged spread. So it seems like, do you, <laughs> yeah. are you, you know, like, and there's three legged too, you know, but so yeah. are, I, I, I'm just curious, like how you made that transition from stocks to options. Was it, did you take a course or you said you had some mentors, like what, what got you in? Yeah. So so yeah, so um, one of my mentors was like, you know that it's you know you may want to add this hedge, you know, kind of in a sense of you you're looking at a chart, you're a hundred percent right. He's like, if you had done this option, he kind of like went back to like I'm like I did this because I you know I'm mm. like, I was like, but had you bought an option on it, you right. would have made this. And so I was like, wait, you're right, I would have. So then I'm like, I have to learn this. But he's like, but then you have to also be careful. I mean, don't just jump into options. So it was was literally like, just like spending like 60 days of just trading. And I know a lot of people recommend paper trading, but I kind of don't. I mean, it's a great way to do it. (laughs) I agree. (laughs) But it it doesn't give you that like real sense of like emotion. Totally. Totally. So for me, I was like, I'm just going to get, this is going to be my learning. I'm going to take buy a hundred dollar option. 
and mm-hmm. I'll learn from it and be completely fine that I'm that's going to zero just as a learning experience. It was worth a hundred dollars for me to have that learning experience. Yeah, that thanks for saying that because I've I've done the same thing. I I I've tried to, you know, if I have a you know, quote unquote new strategy or whatever, like I would um I would try it in paper trading. And it's not that the results were either better or worse, but the, you're right, the emotional feel like, oh well that one made money. And you're like, like I still didn't feel like accomplished yeah. or and vice versa if I lost money. It's like, oh well, I'll I'll just do it again. And and it's 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 not real, right? So yeah, yeah. yeah that's a big I mean component. for like practicing for practicing, I mean there's nothing wrong, like just as you're like learning the ins and outs and how it works. But, yeah. Um, yeah. More I like wouldn't say execution, like, right? Like actually yeah. executing on the, on the platform maybe. Yeah. Executing. But like, I wouldn't say like, once you've ever like, Oh, I got it down on paper that you just don't have that same emotion. I mean, money, I mean, everyone knows money brings emotion. I think that's why lots of people get emotional with stocks and everything. Mm-hmm. Cause it's, you know, it, if you're losing it, it's hurts. And you're like, how am I getting, you know, it's like the revenge trading. Um, how am I going to get back? But yeah. For, for options, like when you're big, <laughs> <do too>. but <laughs> for options, like the one thing I would say, like when you're starting or charting a new thing and, and you feel comfortable, you want to like find that nominal amount, whether it's like 50, 100, 500, whatever that, that you are a hundred percent going fine with it, going to zero. Right. Just right. as that, as your education. Yeah. That's something I've been kind of working on is position sizing. I do a lot of vertical, like uh, credit spreads uh-huh. and, um, I've really tried to, I want to get, I want to get to that point where it's, where it's like, and I'm I'm closer now where you're with credit spreads, you have your max loss. And so, so it's like, okay, I'll just accept that I I could take a max loss, but then still position sizing that in the context of a, of a longer term strategy. So you, yeah, you might have a few losers in a row. So I sort of try to position size my max loss to a certain percentage. Like um, a lot of times uh, with at least, I know we talked about zero DT a little bit. Usually my zero DT trades, I I try to, you know, I don't want to lose more than, you know, one or $2,000 in the worst case scenario. So I, I, I use that as a position sizing. I think that can be tricky. And I think for every strategy, you have to kind of figure that out, you know, like. Yeah, a hundred percent. And I think, you know, I think credit spreads and these other, you know, strangle, I think when you know your max loss, they're going to be a lot more popular now and have became more popular. People want to lose, you know, learn about them. Mm. Um, Especially when people are playing like earnings plays or whatever, than they've been, you know, in the past two years when we've just had this crazy bull market run where people are seeing, you know, crazy gains. I think that's, you know, some of the problem is you see all these screenshots or, you know, advertisements or YouTube videos mm-hmm. where people are like, well, you can make like a thousand dollars or a thousand percent on one play. And, you know, it's just not a realistic thing to sell. Yeah. I, I see that a lot. I, 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 I have a hard time, you know, and, and some of those things may be true. Like someone will post, uh, and then, you know, now we're getting to the <laughs> Twitter verse, <Yeah. laughs> like, like someone will post, Oh, 200%. And then I'll, I'll look at like, uh, like I'll try to see what what contract you know like just kind of put it together and you know they might be buying a twenty cent contract and and yeah. you know making it and then it turns to thirty seven cents or something like that yeah. which yeah. technically is an eighty whatever percent gain but 
I'm just wondering, like, what kind of significance is that? Like, I think percentages are good. You want to think in percentages, but then, yeah. but like to make any sort of significant money, I don't, I don't know that you can buy a 20 cent option. Absolutely not. Unless, you know, and unless you're hedging and it's like, whatever, but I don't know. What, yeah. do, what do you, do you, I mean, th- those are like probably far out of the money options, the lottery ticket type. Do you trade that type of stuff yeah. or, or? Um, rarely. Yeah. Um, I mean, so <clears throat> I think that's great. What you said, like lottery. So when I see those kind of things and last minute things, like I view those just as straight gambling and that's totally fine. Like if you are okay, like you realize it's a gamble, but um, if you're really trying to like have this be a, you know, something that makes you money or something that is a long-term strategy, yeah, doing those gamble plays, in my opinion, hurtful because say you knock it out the park the first time um, and you're like, oh my gosh, this is so easy. This is great. This is easy money. So you do it the second time, maybe not as big, but it's doing good. Mm-hmm. Like it wasn't horrible. But then that third time comes and you just go to zero, you lose it. And so you're like, in your mind, well, you're like, well, that was just a fluke. I can, I can make it up. I can, the next one will be the same. And then it just starts to eat at your confidence. And then you just start revenge trading and you didn't really have any system in place on why you bought that other than you wanted to get a crazy gain. Or it was like, you're fine with it, you know, going to zero, but then, yeah, I'm not a big, fan um i love selling short term like when the you know like options are super high and you have like this high iv i love selling short term ones but i don't like buying them yeah totally agree that's why i i mostly a a net seller i sometimes i buy debit spreads but i do buy an occasional call or put here and there on a single stock you know that i might you know, might pop yeah. up in the news and I'm, you know, like a little mini momentum thingy. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, f- f- from, from my, my, my core of mine is really more mostly SBX, but really more just um, net, net selling, you know, credit spreads really. Yeah. And I do, like you said, I, I have a, some longer term stuff in IRAs and things that are, you know, I'll probably do covered calls on at some point, but um, so. Yeah. I'll, I mean, I think spreads are great. I think it's good to start out with your least losing or almost least winning because then you don't get addicted to this huge gain that you think is going to happen all the time. Yeah. Yeah. The younger me wasn't, was into that stuff. So (laughs) yeah, (laughs) the older me is like, I want to, I want to make my, you know, want to make a certain amount in a, in whatever, a couple hours for the day and then be done for the day. Like I, I don't want to, I don't want to be at the computer all day if I don't have to, even though I'm on my 100%. phone all day. <laughs> it's yeah. Like, it's, it's a, a little, yeah, I, I know what you're saying. You're, it is addicting. Yeah. But I mean, I think a lot of people forget like these big institutions, like they're mostly selling options and they want both your calls and your puts to go to zero. So they collect all yeah. the premium. So um, if they're mostly net sellers and, you know, sometimes they're going to have to add in things to these positions to make them, you know, fix whatever they have. But I mean, they ultimately, their goal is for it to go to zero. Right. Yeah, definitely. The market makers are, they, they have their own game mm-hmm. they're playing. Yep. Um, so let's talk a little bit about dark pool. I've seen a, f- a few okay. posts of yours. It's yeah. something that I've, I've read about it. I, I have a, you know, I get it. I understand what it's doing, but I, I haven't gotten to the point where I've can incorporate it any sort of significance. Um, yeah. So I was hoping, you know, maybe you can kind of 
explain just maybe a real quick primer on what dark pools yeah. are, and then maybe get into how, how you use those and to make uh, trading decisions. Absolutely. Okay. So let's just go simple answer first. What are dark pools? They are, you know, private exchanges that are not available to me and Eric, the general public. And so they're not coming on the level two tape. They just are wanting to have complete lack of transparency to the retail, to the NASDAQ, to everyone. So you do not know what they are doing. So dark pool is sometimes cast in a, like, not a good light, but there are real Mm -hmm reasons why you would use dark pool and why it's good for there to be some sort of a dark pool exchange. You know, say you have someone that wants to offload a million shares. Well, if someone saw a million shares come on to the level two or on the tape that anyone could see, Mm. that would freak people out or it would freak it out. And like, if they think they're buying, they'd be like, oh my gosh, everyone's going to just jump in. So there is a a real, you know, especially for like these big pensions that are, you know, public, you know, the fire, I mean, they don't want to have these big amounts because we don't know what their intention is. And it's not necessarily that they're buying or selling, but it's, there is some good parts of dark pool. Let me, let me ask you, I was thinking about this, um, where, and what you're saying is right. Like, like the, the goal is for the, the public, if you will, to not see those trades, at least for a short period of time, they do show up mm-hmm. at some point. Absolutely. Yes. And, and I started thinking about like volume traders, like volume profile and VWAP and some of these other, or people who just look at, you know, you want to break out on strong volume. And I was yes. thinking like, well, I've seen some of these prints and, and I've kind of watched the SPY, like in the you know, hundreds of millions. I think there was yeah. billions, but those don't show up in the regular volume at the bottom, do they? Right? It's not like no, no, yeah, no, they don't. And and, and uh, they don't, they don't like. It's not like they backfill. Like, oh, a billion came out. Okay, and then they add to the. You know, no. To, yeah. No. 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 So, I mean, they aren't. They aren't put into the. You know, they have to come out on the consolidated tape, and they come out usually between. They have to come in between three hours, but if they're coming from the London to the New York exchange, they can be 24 hours delayed. Right. Right. Yeah. So, um, so, so they don't, they don't show up right away. No. Right. Interesting. Yeah. So that's the thing. Yeah. They don't show up right away. So then you're like, well, what's the point of them? How can I even use them in my trading? Yeah. Yeah. And so that's them? right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, and it's, it's for me, I, I think a lot of people when they hear dark pool and let's, maybe not this year, but last year it's like, oh, it has to be a buy. But right. no, I mean, you have to remember there's always someone as a buyer and seller, even in the dark pool. So another benefit of people that, that we don't unfortunately have that they get to have is you can say you're going in, let's just imagine it's like a dark room. One person's a buyer, one person's a seller. You can't see who they are, but they can just like stick to this is the price I want. And they can just, you know, Right. It's not going to be someone filling it where, you know, if you put it on the New York Stock Exchange or the NASDAQ, you can put your limit orders or your bid ask and, you know, they can keep going down or keep going up as they get filled. But in the dark pool, they generally get a better fill on price rate um, yeah. just because they have the same people. There's not as many, there's not as many buyers. So it's like, you can have these people coming in and buying just a block here and these people. So, you know, then they'll wait till it gets filled. Right. Do, do you mark, and I'm just more curious, like do market uh-huh. makers 
um, since these are usually two entities, you don't like market makers aren't taking the other side of those trades, are they? Because then they would have to hedge it out somehow. Or, or do you think they're? I mean, they. I mean, there are um, market makers. I mean, so there's three um, actually different types of dark pool. There's the broker dealer, which is like the Credit Suisse, the Goldman Sachs, Citibanks, Morgan Stanley. Mm. Um, so they kind of use their own. And then there's the agency broker one, which is like the BATS and the Euro. And so they aren't like, they act more as agents. So someone could go to them and be like, say like a big investor in Tesla. This is just random example, not true. Yeah. Saying, I would <laughs> like to sell these million shares of mine. How can you assist me to sell these? So they would then take these shares and sell them for them for a percentage on the dark pool. There's another one that's not as popular, but it's electric uh, market makers, but kind of like another independent one, but they have their own kind of dark pool that they use within each other. But the most popular ones are the brokers where it's Goldman Sachs and Citibank and Morgan Stanley dealing to each other. Mm -hmm. And then the next one is these independent agents that have access to a dark pool and they sell it for other people that don't necessarily have access to the dark pool. So once you see some of these prints, um, and we'll talk about the platforms here in a minute, like where you can see uh-huh. this stuff, but um, when you see these numbers coming through, which is, t- I'm assuming the next day, because by the time you see it, maybe a few hours later, um, what do you look for? And how does that adjust your kind of, if you're watching a particular stock or whatever, and yeah. you see that, what? how do you incorporate that? Yeah. So what I like to look for, I mean, you're going to every single day on a dark pool, you're going to see spy, you're going to see QQQ, you're going to see Apple. And most of the times you're going to see Tesla. So to me, those don't stand out because you see them every day. Although I do like Mm. to watch spy because for spy and QQQ, I like to not necessarily look at them particular, but if they have a, at the end of the day, if you look at how much total they've had on a certain print, um, mm-hmm. that's what sticks out to me. So the other day, I think we had like 2.1 billion on the 375 print. So something yeah. in the billions on a certain day and a specific price, that's something I like to look at in terms of for like a short term next day, like that might be either our resistance or our support. Yeah. I saw, I saw that, um, I, I saw that print. I I think someone had put one of the providers posted something about that. And, and that was, I, yeah, it was a couple of days ago, wasn't it? It was, it was around 375 and, you know, we're, we're doing this, we're recording this on uh, June 16th and the market's down, uh, 3% below that. So would you, would you interpret that as a sell at this point or is it too early to call? No, I would interpret for me, I would interpret it as a sell. And yeah. um, so that's another thing is a lot of people look at it for like the next day. And, mm-hmm. um, and I like to kind of look at it for a few days after because it's, it can jump around, right? It can jump around oh, and you can have this. a new, and you can have a new next day, have a new crazy number. So that's why I, I just like to leave that, but it's not like my main focus when I'm looking at dark pool, mm-hmm. I want to see names that I'm not seeing all the time with significant volume um, gotcha. and actually maybe multiple prints. But I think a lot of people make the mistake of saying, 
just only looking at the dark pool. And that's where I view dark pool um, just as another part to the puzzle that you right. need to solve. Yeah. Versus you don't use it alone. It's just something. Yeah. 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 Versus just um, seeing what it is. So say you are, see um, BAC come up and financials are pretty beaten down right now. And you're like, okay, well, then my next thing I would do is go look at the chart. Um, does it look like it's getting near support or resistance? Are we just in the middle? So then I'm looking at if the chart looks good to me, whether it's shorting or um, going along or buying, you know, and if that goes, look, then I go to the option flow and I want to okay. see what the option flow is looking like to that particular ticker. Um, gotcha. Is that also giving me another confirmation that this is a good play? For me, as I get older, I just like to have everything fit together. Like I have yeah. one thing I just tell people is have patience. Like everyone just wants to have like that magical play come right when you are logging onto your computer and doing your screeners and your scanners or when you see it on the dark pool. But um, you just have to have, for me, everything fall in line. And when they all fall in line is when you get really good plays. Right. Yeah, no, totally. And I've, I'm going down the same path. I've, um, some of the platforms that are out there now, I started trading about 15, uh, so I don't know how many years ago and the, we did, they didn't have anything like this. So I'm, I'm using like yeah. Tradedix. I've seen unusual whales. There's black box stocks. Yeah. What, what analysis platform are you using that, that shows you the dark pool and, and what else, what platform do you yeah, use? So, um, I'm like, I use, a, so this is the other thing is I use a couple of them yeah, just because so <laughs> okay um they don't all match up like even when you see these like I'll see certain things come up on other ones but um black box is one I really like especially on the option flow side they're really good about because I think a lot of them you'll look at them they won't exactly tell you if it's a buy of a put or a sell of a put they may just put you know Tesla 600 puts um, right. But you don't know, like, if they're the seller of the put. So you, when you're doing any of these flows, you want to make sure you have access to seeing if it's a buy of a put or if it's the sell of a put. Right. Um, so, yeah, I like really like Blockbox. There's um, option strat just for options. They don't do the dark pool, but they are really good about, you know, showing if it's like a leg, you know, play or a straddle or a you know mm. fair credit spread. They've labeled them really, really good and for option flow and um, for beginners that's my absolute favorite one and it's not one that's like on fin twitter like given you know kind of those things like they're not really promoting it right. but for someone who wants to see like absolutely like here it is pretty clear and um, that's yeah, really good yeah because options flow can be tricky because you you can see you know a big chunk of puts being bought but it, it's not always that the, that that would be bearish necessarily because yeah. If there's if they're spreading it off and you have to know which side the short side is, otherwise it could be mm -hmm. a, a bull put spread or it could be a bear put spread, depending. Exactly. You need a little bit of that context there. Yeah. Yeah. So I think a lot of the, you know, ones don't give you that full context. And so you aren't exactly seeing the whole, you know, and just because something's a put, there might be another leg on it. That's a call. And so it's kind of a directional play or a neutral play. Um, not necessarily, right. you know, one way or another. So, you want to make sure you're looking and have the full information 
on what that is. There's lots, I mean, the dark pool is a little simpler than the option pool. I mean, they have to eventually. Yeah. So any of those, if you're looking for dark pool, are pretty much the same. They'll show you how many quantity they bought, what was the spot price and how much they paid. Um, so that's right. pretty, you know, and I know a lot of like free accounts, like on Twitter, like posts, you know, unusual ones that stick out to them. So yeah, um, yeah. That, you know, even if there. you don't have access to or want to pay the money to have access to dark pool, you can follow some people that post the unusual ones and then you can go, you know, look at a chart and then look at the option flow. But yeah, for me, sometimes when you're looking at dark pool, most of it is just noise. Like right. <laughs> I, I don't, I mean, sometimes you can have too much information or, you know, things you don't think of. But um, for me, I, I'd love to see ones that stick out to me are um, ones that are, especially ones that are like double and triple leverage. Like you don't usually see dark pool on those. Um, yeah. Like you, last mentioned, week, you mentioned that. Um, actually i think before we got we started recording yeah, but yeah. um yeah tell me about that have you seen anything lately i know oh, yeah um yeah yeah what, so what, i've seen what leverage few... products pop up like that so on the 14th xpxl um popped up um which is the bull etf for spy um okay. and uh, you n- don't see that very often and it was like a large amount like 621,000 shares um and then also Huh. They had the U Pro, which is also another three. You know, it came in like right after it. Yeah. Um, so someone was just, you know, either to me now that we're looking back, I think someone was selling them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, so those are the things. And then um, let me find the other one that caught my attention. So TNA, uh, which is the three times leverage on IWM, came in that same day. Um, so these are just not names you see every day. Something you will, I mean, you'll see the spies, you'll see the apples, you'll see the QQQs. But when you see names, especially ones that are triple leveraged, those are right. ones that catch my eye for sure. And then I think it was on last week, there was a lot of like, and so that's another thing is if you, you want to know like similar tickers and if they're all coming in. So if you see like a bunch of semiconductors, you know, AMD, NVIDIA, Mm-hmm. all coming in that also kind of catches my eyes not you know just because there's so many of a certain sector coming in and um, that that's right. going to be like something that's catching my eye because i'm like well what are they doing with semi semiconductor like what are they thinking here are they going like short on it are they you know maybe adding into you know feeling like it's deep down enough so um i like to look at that and do you have like a fluid watch list where or what am I trying to say? What, what puts something on your watch list or do you have sort of a fixed watch list of things that you uh, sort of trade? Cause I know some people say I only trade five stocks or five ETFs or whatever. I'm yeah. kind of in that camp. Like I, yeah. I'll, I'll take information. Like I actually put Apple on, on my watch list, even though I don't really trade Apple that much uh-huh. because it's such a heavily weighted thing that, you know, I want to see what, if Apple's outperforming, let's say the market's down and Apple's outperforming, then to me, that's sort of like, uh, uh, like today mm-hmm. spies down three and a half percent. Well, Apple's down. Yeah. 4%. So that helps confirm yeah. the sell off. And I'm not like, well, maybe, you know, maybe, maybe yeah. find a low somewhere, but, um, so for your watch list, are you, do you have sort of a, a core watch list? And then as these things pop up, you just add them to it. Like what's that process for you? 
Yeah. So it's a yes and no question. I mean, answer because last sure. year I absolutely like 2020 to 2021, I absolutely had just a specific watch list and mm-hmm. I specifically just traded around those core 10. Right. SBX, okay. um, IWM, Tesla, Apple, um, NVIDIA, AMD. I'm trying to think what else. There's a few other ones it's because those were just what the option makers were trading. Those were their babies. Those are like how, I mean, they kind of were going off those two. Mm-hmm. Now this year it's, I still have those on my watch list, but, uh, and I'm still trading them, but I am more open to looking for things that catch my eye that aren't usually something I look for. And that's something that's good on the dark bull and on the option flow is because it's not necessarily my watch list, but I look at that enough throughout the day that if something I don't usually see on there pops up, then I become interested whether it's like, what the heck is this ticker or what is this, you know? So this year I'm more open at least to um, looking for not necessarily trading, Mm -hmm. but like looking for something that may not just be on that, that specific list. But um, I get what you're saying. That's um, last year. That's all. I mean, I was mostly just trading Tesla, Apple and SBX contracts last year because that's just where like the options, like you can always pull up. Yeah which options are like the top contracts for the day and or the week or the month. Yeah. That's definitely something that I think for, especially for newer people is really, you know, you don't, you can get too much information and you want to tune out some of the noise. So if you have just like a specific list and you know how they move and what makes them tick, it gives you an edge over just looking at so many, you know, screeners and so many stocks that, you know, you just are trying to, if you figure out what they want to do, then, you're golden. Very cool. Well, I really appreciate you. Tell me about your process and, and some of this information. I'm going to be hitting you up on Twitter for, for more as I see things. Yes, please uh, do. I'm using, um, I use Tradidix right now uh-huh. and they have a lot of, uh, I use, I use their algo flow stuff mainly for the indexes. They have the yeah. new market net flow, which is just like, it just makes zero DTE way better. So I find myself just, you know, just trying to grind out income trades and, and at least in this market. Um, but I, I definitely want to get into the, their dark pool and how they display it. And I think that's one of the things like you, you mentioned before, how, you know, if you just want dark pool information, there's several platforms, um, that, that offer that information. But I think it comes down to like, if you were going to choose one, what interface, what the interface looks like and how it incorporates and, and stuff. So I think everyone should just maybe try, you know, I'm, I'm using Tradidix. I know Unusual Whales is great. Um, and I've seen Cheddar Flow. I've seen some of their videos. They seem like they're, they're pretty good yeah. at black box stock. So for anyone that and wants I think to most, try them, yeah, they most check them out. offer like free trial. So it's about yeah. like, for me, it's about like, I've tried them all and I figure out the ones for what I like to do and what like visually looks good to me um, is the one you pay for, you know, or, you know, have access to in the long term. But um, yeah, I've tried them all. And I think I personally don't think there's one right one for every single person. And I do like the algal flow and trade, you know, the one you're on. Um, Mm, Yeah. But yeah, I just think it's about what helps with your trading because if some if it's too complicated, then are too much information, or you don't like it visually, it just may not be as helpful. Right. All right. Well, this has been great. I appreciate you coming on. For for the listeners, um, what's the best place 
for if someone wants to follow up and ask a question is it is is it uh, Twitter? Is that the best place to yep. reach you? Yeah, Twitter. And I'm Mom Ann's Trades, which is a funny name because my 13 year old gave it to me a few years ago because I said yeah. he, could be on a, he could be on a Discord if I had access to like what he was looking at. So he sent me up a Discord and he put it as Mom Ann. I'm his only mom, but it just kind of like made me right. laugh and I thought it was cute. Um, yeah, for so the longest I time, I, I didn't. I, I didn't, I never knew what Ange was. So I think online yeah. when we were messaging, I was like, okay, mom, I just called you mom. <laughs> yes, I, didn't, I, didn't I get called that all the time. Yeah, that's funny. Well, yeah. I really appreciate it. I'm going to put her, uh, your Twitter handle in the description or the show notes of the, the podcast. And um, this has been great. And I look forward to yes. doing yeah, it again. So and maybe we'll for... finally get to that Twitter space. I, I know we've been yes. talking about it. It's, I have a hard time scheduling those things because I don't know, they're, so, Twitter spaces are different too, because you want to have it be on like when the market's down and everyone really wants some information where yeah, podcasts, yeah. you can put it out and then come look for it. So yeah, no, I really appreciate you um, asking me to come on and do this. And I'm really a big fan and I'm glad that I found your podcast because I have a lot of, you know, people that follow me who are like, where is the best place to for a new person and I found your podcast and it was just amazing and I'm like hey this is what you have to listen to because it's very to the point exactly what you needed to know so I appreciate all that you do well thank you very much very kind words and that's that's definitely what I've been trying to do and that's why I don't put out a podcast every week because I don't think you <laughs> I like to take my yeah. time and and you know really I know we've been talking about this for a while so I think it's worth the, the qual. I try to do a better quality with having, you know, people like you on real traders. So I appreciate it. Well, thanks so Thank much, you. Angie. Yeah. And, uh, I'll talk to you soon and we'll see you online. Thanks.